Hello and welcome to Premier League on Tap, your FPL draft podcast. My name is Nate, better known as Draftopia, and with me is Zach, aka Drafting for Upside. Zach, how you doing, man? Doing well, Nate. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode today, a little bit different than uh, what we normally do, but it's uh, good to have another guest on the pod, but I'll let you introduce him. Yeah, today we've got Jonah Gardner from FB Ref with us. Jonah, Say hello to everybody, introduce yourself a little bit, and uh, just tell us a little bit about what you do and what FB Ref is. Uh, yeah, hello. Thank you uh, so much for having me on the pod. I'm so excited to be here uh, to talk about uh, uh, you know Premier League and, and the World Cup and uh, just soccer generally. Um, I uh, work for FB Ref, as you mentioned. I actually work for Sports Reference, which is the, the parent company that oversees FB Ref, uh, but also some other websites that uh, your listeners might be familiar with if they follow other sports or play fantasy in other sports, uh, like Baseball Reference, Basketball Reference, Pro Football Reference. Um, so if you're familiar with any of those sports, FB Ref is just the the world football slash soccer version of that. Um, we have coverage of over 140 competitions uh, from uh, many, many different countries. Uh, and we recently rolled out a new update to the site that expanded our sort of in-depth analytics coverage um, beyond just goals and assists and into more advanced stats to, uh, I think the number is 19 new competitions. It may somewhere in that neighborhood, um, which includes uh, major women's competitions, uh, uh, places like the Eredivisie, Liga MX, in addition to the places that we already had that coverage for, like the Premier League, La Liga, the Bundesliga, uh, and MLS, and a bunch more. So uh, uh, that's FB Ref. It's a uh, it's a really cool website, and I'm excited to get into all of the all the cool stuff that your listeners can find on there. Yeah, it's definitely a great site. Um, I know Zach and I use it a lot for our game week preps. Um, I go there to do all of my analytics analysis um so i can't recommend it enough that's why i jumped at the opportunity to do this with you guys um but how did how did you end up with fbrf like can you tell us a little bit of like what your position is specifically and kind of your background and how you found yourself with fbrf yeah absolutely um so i uh i I have a background that i think maybe surprises some people because i um had never worked in sports before i started working for uh sports reference um, and I'm not on the math or computer science side at all. I, uh, I'm actually a writer by trade. Uh, so I was working as a, uh, writer for, uh, like writing product listings and managing social media for a, uh, sort of online furniture sales website. And I just applied for, uh, the job at sports reference out of the blue. They were looking for a social media manager and I pitched them on my vision for what the social media accounts could be like. Um, and, you know, kind of, you know, was always just a sports fan through just being, being a nerd, just, just enjoying sports. Um, and I had gotten into soccer maybe when I was in high school, uh, I played a little bit, but I wasn't very good. Um, but I loved, I loved watching it and I especially loved watching the U S, uh, in the world cup. So that was kind of my start. And then I was like, well, I, I love watching this but I'd love to do it once every four years. And that was before, you know, NBC had the Premier League and you had to log on to some shady European websites that would fill your 
browser with spyware uh, to try and try and watch some of the matches. Uh, but you know, over time, I just developed a real love for it. And so when I joined the company, FBref was still just something that we were kind of like pitching as like a distant sort of like that would be cool to do. Um, and eventually, like during my time there, I've seen them build it, and we launched it kind of near 2018 World Cup. So we've gone through a full World Cup cycle now of having it. And when we first launched it, it was very basic, just kind of like, here are the players, here's their goals and assists. And, you know, one of our goals was by the time of the 2022 World Cup to have a much more detailed and advanced uh, uh, set of statistics that can give you real insight into what's going on in the game and what's going on behind the numbers, behind mm -hmm. those, those big numbers. And uh, I think we've achieved it. I think that, uh, you know, looking at where the site is now versus when it launched and certainly like when I joined the company before it existed, it was uh, it's, it's pretty incredible the progress we've made. Yeah, I can't attest for the uh, seven years ago how the website may have looked or I guess the website prior to FBref becoming a thing. But I think it looks fantastic now. It's very easy to use. Um, and I think you guys do a really good job of being able to kind of hover over certain stat columns and you get a little description of like what each individual stat is because sometimes people aren't really familiar with all the acronyms and like what these s x g l just like a bunch of random letters and the numbers following it it can get confusing at times if you don't know what you're looking at but i think you guys do a really good job like you just hover over it kind of gives you a brief overview of what it is and uh it's very intuitive so props on that aspect yeah, thanks. I think that one of the key things with all of our sites is that it's is that they're user friendly and we want to make it as easy for people to get the information they need from the sites as possible, you know, kind of like a Wikipedia for sports stats. Um, and so part of that is with these advanced stats, you know, we have the experience from stats like war in baseball or PER in basketball that people you know, would look at and be like, what is this uh, of finding ways to, to, edu to educate and make it easy for users to kind of wrap their mind around it as they're as they're exploring the site. So that's that's great to hear. Yeah, I know you touched on it a little bit already, um, but could you kind of give us um, I mean, you don't have to go into like all the details, but I know you recently just switched stat providers um, and you were with StatsBomb, correct? Yes. And now you're with Stats Perform Opta. Yes, that's right. We're, we're now with Opta. So could you kind of just walk us through how that came about um, and maybe what new things or better statistics, uh, maybe a larger overview of statistics that you'll be able to get with that new partnership with Opta? Yeah, um, you know, I think the first thing to say is that we we love StatsBomb and they were uh, great partners for us um, and they do a wonderful job. Um, but uh, as we were looking at kind of what was on the site, we realized that we just wanted more stats for people um, beyond kind of the big five European leagues. We wanted to get more stuff out there. Uh, one thing that was super important to us was having advanced stats for women's leagues, uh, mm -hmm. for the NWSL, uh, for the English uh, Women's League, uh, you know, for Spain and France and, and, and all, of, all of the major uh, women's competitions. Um, it, it, it's just something that we think helps grow the game. It's something that we've heard from women's soccer fans that they would love to see. 
Um, so uh, part of our deal with Opta was getting advanced stats for those uh, uh, for those leagues in those competitions. So now you can go and see the XG uh, uh, shot by shot in the NWSL final, or you can go see the Arsenal women's uh, you know uh, progressive passing stats, stuff like that. Um, the other thing that we're excited about is uh, that we're able to bring the same sort of advanced stats coverages to men's leagues beyond the big five, but where a lot of players who end up on Arsenal or on Manchester City or on Barcelona start their careers. Mm -hmm. So you can get Eredivisie stats, you can get uh, the Portuguese League, um, Liga MX, the English Championship, which I think is really exciting uh, for Premier League fans because not only does that mean that you can follow, you know, when a new player is signed out of the championship, but when a player from your club is loaned into the championship, you can still see their XG and, you know, their advanced passing or advanced defense, whatever, whatever stats you're looking for, you can see that stuff. Um, and then the other thing about this, this update is this is just the first phase of uh, what we want to do with these stats. So uh, uh, we're, we're planning all of these exciting new things, whether they be, you know, um, uh, uh, tools that let you do more in-depth research beyond just going to a player's page. Um, we have tools on our other sites that let you set up searches so you can answer questions. Like if someone at age 20 has a hat trick, eventually we'll have a tool where you can go and be like, oh, how many other 20-year-olds have had a hat trick this season? Or oh, wow. uh, if you're looking for comps for a player who gets signed away, you can put in their XA and their progressive passing stats into uh, one of these tools and find other players with comparable stats in uh, uh, the Dutch league or in the Mexican league and be like, hey, these are good uh, transfer targets for us to replace this player who's moved on to another club. That's awesome. Have you guys been approached at all by like actual clubs or um, statisticians or people that work closely with teams that are looking for this type of statistical analysis to find players in different leagues or anything like that? An anecdotally, I've definitely heard uh, uh, of some cases of that. Um, I think that once we create, you know, once when we have those tools, uh, that for a, a lot of clubs will find them useful. Uh, for now, it's, it's a mix of like, we do get some of that, but a lot of it is the uh, uh, people who work in the kind of PR side who okay. uh, are using our site as a resource to uh, kind of promote the team and like, you know, spread the word about some of their achievements. But it, it's definitely something that you, we, we get from both sides. And it's something that, you know, happens on a lot of our sites, you know, on baseball reference. If it doesn't update correctly, sometimes we'll get an email from an MLB team that's like, hey, <laughs> we, we need those stats, uh, you yeah. know. So it's definitely, definitely a thing. That's very cool. Um, so I know our audience is probably pretty familiar with like the XG, XA, the basic uh, stats available on the website. But could you explain um, for those that may not know uh, a couple of the more intricate stats for us? And maybe Zach can come in because I know Zach's a stats guy. Maybe he has some questions on this aspect of it. But I think I just saw 
something on Twitter from the FB Ref account about shot level XG and post shot XG. Those were the ones that I had questions on because that's a little new to me. I mean, just looking at it, I can kind of understand what it is but if i could get an explanation from you and maybe that'll be beneficial to other people listening to this yeah absolutely so uh among the things that are new uh with this update uh is that in every match report now uh which we didn't have before even for the leagues where we had xg uh now in every match report uh we have the xg of every single shot like one by one in the shots table of the match report so like um, I have, uh, we were talking about it earlier, so I have the Bournemouth-Everton uh, match, uh, like, mm-hmm. open. And um, you can see in the sort of shot table the XG of every single shot. Uh, so the first goal uh, had an XG of just 0.26. So that was just a 26% chance of that shot going in. Uh, but the second goal had a 0.80 XG. So that was obviously a much higher quality uh, chance. Um in terms of uh, that. So it's really good. And especially as we're coming into the World Cup, which is obviously much more than the long Premier League season, kind of a game of margins and and moments and and individual shots. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go through that and see like, oh no, we missed this 0.3 XG shot. That is a real turning point in this match. That's one that we really needed. Uh, Or, you know, we won on this like, 2% 2% shot, like 0.02 XG, you know, that's what a wild win that was, uh, stuff like that. So that's the shot level XG. It's basically the the same thing. If you add it up, you'll get the total XG for the match, which we've always had, but mm-hmm. this lets you see it on a shot-by-shot basis. And then okay. po- uh, post-shot XG is um, takes kind of the same framework of XG. It almost flips it. So... The way XG works, it's based on um, at the moment the shot is being taken, you know, where are the defenders, uh, where's the ball, what uh, is the uh, shooter using to take the shot, all, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and it, it, it compares it to historic shots to see what the odds are of that going in, regardless of how the actual kick goes, like how, how they actually finish it um, and, you know, how, how it goes. Post-shot XG is like the opposite. It's like... Once the shot has been taken and it's on the trajectory it's on, what are the odds that it's actually going to turn into a goal? Um, so the the way I mainly use it is when I'm looking at goalkeepers. Um, you can kind of see like uh, um, uh, based on like the the differential between their post shot xG and you know their goals allowed that maybe they're going on a crazy you know finishing or a, a crazy shot stopping you know run of run of form or maybe they're underperforming. It's, it's good for seeing that stuff. It's also good if you're trying to kind of eyeball who maybe, you know, uh, uh, such a good finisher that they're consistently outperforming their, uh, their XG, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, let's say Kiefer Moore's goal against Everton, it was in 0.8 XG and a post-shot XG of 0.98. So it's, like, almost a guaranteed goal. You're saying if Pickford would have saved that, it would have been an immaculate save. Absolutely, yeah. That would have been one for like the highlight reel of the end of the season if he if he actually <laughs> saves one like that. Um, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. Gotcha, Zach. Do you have any stats that you've been looking at recently? Um, maybe something that you've been working on. Uh, any questions about? 
Well, one thing I just wanted to clarify was, so for the listeners, XG, whether it's shot level or post shot, is all based on the, the average player on either side of the ball, right? So your average, your shot level XG would be, it doesn't, mat- it doesn't matter if the shooter is Harry Kane or, you know, or if it's, say, Me. Ruben Diaz, you know, it doesn't, they don't. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just, just wanted to clarify that for the listeners because um, sometimes we might get, get caught up and, and forget that there can be outliers for the very reason of certain players like Harry Kane being uber efficient and that's what makes them uh, such a potent player whereas other players might feast on opportunity um, so they might get more XG that way and, and that's how they end up being the best, best in the world. So anyway, yes, just, that's just an a important... clarification for people. Yeah, that's an important clarification to make. And it is something where, like, someone like Harry Kane, you can look over the years, and every year he probably has more goals than XG, or probably, like, most years, you know, because he's such a clinical finisher. Uh, But, yeah, also part of the skill involved in this is getting yourself in the right position to score goals. And so if you have a high XG, even if you're not a great finisher, that means you're winding up in the right place, you have a good feel for where the the ball is going to go or how to kind of how to kind of read the game. So there's all, there's all kinds of different ways to contribute. Uh, one thing I've always thought about, and I think I may have seen something on Twitter. I think there was a poll going around the other day, but when it comes to XG, is there a threshold that maybe you or even FB ref as a whole kind of like take into account? Like, okay, if your XG for a shot is 0.4 or higher and it ends up not a goal, is that, would that be considered like a missed opportunity, like a big miss or something like that? Is there a category for that type of stat? It's funny you ask that because we're working on creating something like that right now um, for oh, wow. <laughs> for the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, something that we, uh, in talking to our users, we do a lot of user feedback. Um, so actually, if any of your listeners use FBREF and are interested in hopping on the phone with our uh, UX team for an interview, um, mm-hmm. or if, if you all are, uh, you know, we, uh, we love talking to people who use the site and getting feedback that way. And one thing we heard from people is that they really want to see, you know, big missed opportunities, but we're still struggling to nail down exactly what percentage it should be before it counts as a big miss. I think that, uh, I, I don't want to make any promises. It sounds like we're, we're, we're hovering around 30% as the number that we mm-hmm. want, but we're, we're going to have something like that, uh, by the time of the world cup, just because, we want people to be able to quickly see like, you know, those kinds of misses that actually change a match, you know. You guys don't have long left to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, uh, we're definitely, <laughs> fortunately, it'll be easy to implement. So, uh, well, yeah. that's good. Uh, that was actually one of the, I mean, not that specific question, but one of the questions I had kind of leads into this, but like, are there any other newly anticipated stats on the way due to this new Opta partnership? I mean, it gives you, it sounds like it gives you guys more access to a broader range of stats. So are you kind of like uh, outside of this big missed opportunities or something like that? Uh, are there any other new uh, anticipated stats on the way? 
Um, we have a couple of things in the hopper that are maybe a little bit uh, of a ways off uh, in terms of trying to, you know, one of our long-term goals is to develop some sort of holistic way to evaluate players and teams, whether that's, you know, a, a stat like war or a ranking system or something like that. Um, so uh, long-term, that's a direction we'd like to head in. Uh, in the near term, we're working on a couple of things, including... Um, um, uh, trying to, uh, 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 just trying to find a, a couple stats, you know, here or there, uh, that we can add on, um, uh, stuff to, uh, one thing we're looking at bringing back that, uh, was kind of lost in the changeover is carries. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't want to like, uh, I hope I'm, I hope I'm allowed to say this, but you, you I think that we'll be coming back, uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, that was uh, another thing I had questions about because when I initially saw your guys' tweet as far as the new partnership with Opta, there were a couple groans from users about losing certain stats like pressures, carries completed, progressive carries. So it's it's looking promising that we're going to be able to get those back. Um. So... Uh... I definitely just want to say, first of all, that we definitely heard heard the feedback from people and we understand, uh, you know, what they're saying. Um, I think as far as carries goes, it's looking very good um, for that one uh, that we'll get it back. Uh, but the ultimately for us, it was kind of a question of like keeping those stats versus being able to expand our coverage. Um, and I think that... Uh, you know, being able to have the women's stats, you know, have kind of these these leagues, uh, these these more competitions. And then the other piece, which obviously uh, is hard to visualize now, but the, the sort of future stuff that you'll be able to do it. We we decided at the end of the day that it was it was a, a trade off that we were willing to make, but we understand people's frustrations. But, yeah, I, I think carries will be back on the site soon. Uh, and we're certainly looking into ways to get the other stuff as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, as far as the website goes, um, I know you just recently changed the homepage of it. You've got all the World Cup groups on there. Everything looks awesome. I follow the um, newsletter you guys have for the World Cup. I think it's fantastic. I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, it really gives you an insight into the lesser-known teams of each group because everybody knows your England, France, Spain, obviously the U.S. if you're in America. But, like not many people really dig into Tunisia. Um, outside of uh, Hamlin Sun, not many people know a whole lot about South Korea. So it's like really cool mm -hmm. to see that aspect of it. Um, so are you, what is your plan, I guess, during the World Cup? Are you going to continue to roll out more of that newsletter? Because I know you're going group by group now. Um, but what is the future of that newsletter throughout the World Cup look like? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much. I uh, I write those previews, so I'm glad to hear that you're uh, you're enjoying them. Um, as far as the uh, future of the newsletter, um, once the World Cup starts, we're going to switch. Right now, it's every every it's twice a week, basically Tuesday, Thursday. Um, once the tournament starts, it's going to be every day. Uh, we'll send it out. Um, in the evening when the matches have, have wrapped up uh, and we've got all the advanced stats loaded into the site that we can send out. Um, and they're just going to be in-depth breakdowns of uh, the matches that happened that day and a little sort of tactical preview of what's coming tomorrow. Um, 
So we're, we're going to be putting all kinds of good advanced stats in there. Um, you know, those big misses that we're talking about are going to be part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. XG, certainly, and uh, XA and shot creating actions, all of that stuff. Um, and then looking ahead, we'll have kind of, for, for the teams that are playing the next day, we'll have their formation uh, and their kind of head-to-head record if they've ever played before. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have some leaderboards so you can track who's leading in the key stats. Um, and obviously, we'll also be doing some sort of table setting as far as monitoring, you know, what are the narratives, uh, who's, uh, who's rising, who's falling, you know, who's, who's the leader for, for some of these awards races, stuff like that. But it'll be every day uh, in the evening when, once matches have concluded. In the evening, you know, sort of Eastern time. Yeah. Very cool. Zach, have you set up anything as far as like World Cup fantasy at all? I have not. I actually joined the uh, International Genie League uh, World Cup uh, program, whatever whatever you may call it, uh, where yeah. you kind of pick one from each of the four groups, which are kind of in tiers. So looking forward to that. It should be fun and a bit different. But honestly, I'm like I've I've alluded to in some of our previous podcasts. I'm really just kind of looking forward to watching it and not putting anything on the line really um it just kind of separating myself from the world of uh you know the world of fantasy and maybe even stats for a little bit because uh, sometimes it definitely gets to be a bit too much but i'm sure at the end of it i'll i'll look through and see if there's any outperformers underperformers and we'll get into that stuff till we're blue in the face i'm i'm, I'm sure of that <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonah, do you play any fantasy sports at all? It doesn't have to be soccer related, but any other fantasy sports at all? Uh, I'm in a uh, fantasy basketball league uh, that's uh, very competitive with my friends. Uh, I'm the reigning champion of that. Uh, oh, nice. I'm much worse at fantasy Premier League. I've uh, tried it a few times, and I suck at it. I'm really bad. Um, partially because I'm an Everton fan, so I always end up taking, I think the ideal number of Everton players on a fantasy team is zero, uh, and I always end up with more than that. <laughs> uh, yep. So I'm not not as good at that as I am at uh, uh, fantasy basketball. But yeah, I love fantasy sports. I, I'm in a fantasy football league too. I, I, I have a great time playing playing all fantasy, basically. Yeah, so we'll definitely have to get you involved in fan tracks because it sounds like you would have a lot more fun on that aspect of it than regular FPL because that is basically just like goals, assists, clean sheets. That's all you get points for. Wow, that sounds awesome. Your stats are rendered pretty much useless for doing (laughs) FPL. So yeah, yeah. yeah, put put them to the test so you can give us some sharp insights into what kind of things might help us project our players because I'll, I'll tell you if you look on fan tracks they have no idea what they're doing for projections so um, <laughs> the, the yeah. landscape is wide open for for anyone to get into the um fan track space as evidenced by this podcast uh you know it's very forum so yeah 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 we were talking about fan tracks before the uh before we started recording and i thought it sounded so cool and you know uh, one of the things about Fantasy Premier League is that it's so different from what I'm used to. So hearing, you know, the draft, you know, and the the kind of like things that, things that I'm more familiar with, it makes it sound like a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I mean, you would actually have viable Everton players. Not many of them, but like two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have That's Pickford than, as my goalkeeper, and he's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's been he's. If they stay up this year, he's probably going to be the reason why. Yeah, which and is then I mean, you can take yeah. you can take Tarkowski because like headers are a massive point in that uh, game. So I mean, he just racks up the points with the block shots, the headers, the clearances. <laughs> Yeah, and Wobie's mm. doing really well. So it's definitely there's a lot more that goes into it. You have a lot more viability with different types of players. Um, but one thing I did want to touch on as far as just for maybe a little tidbit just for our listeners specifically, um, are there any tricks or tips in regards to maybe which data sets you look at when you're trying to scout maybe like a hidden gem for your one of your fantasy teams, whether it be – basketball football like i know the stats are a little different but maybe if you can kind of cater it a little bit to soccer uh yeah just what are some stats you might look at and be like okay wow if he's exceeding here like maybe you want to scoop him up i guess it kind of depends on how the league scores and everything but you can kind of tell your hidden gems regardless of how a league scores players but yeah, um, one stat that I like looking at that's a little deeper in the site that we've actually found in user interviews, uh, much to my surprise, uh, doesn't get a lot of play, uh, is something that uh, that we call shot-creating actions. Um, and uh, they're basically uh, uh, the two offensive actions that directly lead to a shot. So it could be a dribble, it could be a pass, it could be uh, a free kick. It could be a shot that's deflected and leads to another shot. Um, but generally, like the players who are leading in shot creating actions are at the center of the game. Uh, so like Kevin De Bruyne leads the uh, Premier League in, sh- in shot creating actions. So if you're looking for, for players who, um, and especially if you can put that side by side with like assists, what you might be able to find are like players who are, who should be getting more assists, but for whatever reason, you know, they aren't converting. Uh, and it could just be a luck thing that's going to turn around. But generally, when I'm looking for players who are kind of at the center of the action, um, that's what I'm looking at. We also have uh, it adjusted per 90 minutes. So um, you can kind of see like players who are getting less playing time, uh, but should be considered uh, on, on that list as well. Um, certainly like the, the progressive passing stats kind of along the same lines are, are fun to look at. Um, and then I think the other thing is, uh, uh, that you can see all of our advanced stats on a team level. So going into a match, you can look and see, uh, where teams might be vulnerable. Like, oh, this team, um, isn't passing that much or their, their completion percentage is low. We might see more interceptions. Uh, they tend to get tackled more often. You know, they're not creating a lot of shots. Like you can kind of use that to uh, 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 handicap how the match is going to go, uh, which could help you decide between if you're if you're trying to decide between two players. Um, certainly, having a handle of like what the what what the other team is vulnerable to how how their team might try to attack them. I think all of that stuff is good to look at as well. And certainly when I do, like in fantasy football, that's one of the things I'm looking at every week is like, is this team susceptible to the run? Do they give up a lot of passing yards to tight ends? So it's kind of the same idea, I think, in uh, in Premier League, where like 
you have to be uh, almost like a forecaster of the entire match to really be good at the fantasy side of this, which mm-hmm. I know you, you you guys certainly know and and do on on your on your show. We try to. I mean, we tried to predict this Everton Bournemouth game over the weekend, and that didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. We actually use the betting odds to help us out there because you know we'll let them do some of the analysis for us to just get the you know just to paint the picture broadly. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. You brought up shot creating and goal creating actions because um, I've been bringing it up a little bit more recently on the show. Uh, to support some of my takes, whether via confirmation bias or not. Uh, there's there's actually one fella uh, by the name of Jack Grealish, who's probably the most controversial player in the uh, Fantrax community right now. He's mm, yeah. third in shot creating actions and 10th in goal creating actions per 90. Um, but he has soured completely uh, to many managers, and they're all trading him out, so... Uh, it, it's interesting you brought that one up just because I know some people are maybe a bit skeptical of it uh, resulting in fantasy points anyways, but I kind of align with you in that I think it might be a leading indicator of production to come or re- regression, whether positive or negative, if a player isn't quite living up to that. Yeah, I kind of chuckled a little bit as soon as Jonah brought up shot creating actions. I was like, oh, Zach just did a deep dive in this like two weeks ago prior to one of our episodes and did this whole spreadsheet of shot creating actions and like which players are on top. And it's actually pretty funny that you brought that up. But that that's really funny. Um, I mean, yeah. it doesn't bode well for Everton, who's mm, five shot creating actions led the team. And that was Connor Cody. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. We're not creating much of anything right now, except great chances for the other team. So exactly. if there was a way to measure measure that, um, <laughs> but I do think that this this Jack Grealish thing gets at I think one of the key things uh, when it comes to like using stats in in fantasy, which is that like, um, well, I guess it's two things. Like first of all, it's a tool in the toolbox, but it's not. It can't be the only thing. So you have to mm-hmm. you know watch the matches and see how the players are being used and um you know uh kind of kind of combine the two but the other thing is that it's it's kind of a numbers game at a certain point and it's like just it's like we may be wrong this time but it's a bet that over time you'll be right more often than you'll be wrong you know yeah it's like a professional gambler yeah exactly that's good just keep playing the good odds and yeah, you're gonna yeah. win some. You're gonna lose some, but hopefully you <laughs> just come out sixty forty in the win column. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I think kind of related to that is uh, you're right, totally right. In that one stat does not paint the whole picture of the game. That there's more context needed, and realistically, watching is probably the only indicator that you could use alone to maybe judge decisions. Uh, with your teams, but um, I do think it's important to try, at least within this fan track space, and gauge opportunity, which I think the shot mm-hmm. and goal creating actions does well. Um, just because there's, it's tough to measure volume uh, of opportunity in fantasy, um, soccer, football, or whatever you want to call it, um, 
the same way as you would in fantasy American football, which I think sometimes to me feels more black and white from uh, the many years I've played that, where you can kind of just see, hey, who's getting the targets, who's getting the air yards, um, basically who's getting all the attention and volume is going to drive production more often than not, maybe more for running backs than wide receivers. It's I think that's one of the things we love about this Fantrax game so much is it's it's not so black and white, but I think some of your stats like these and others to come will kind of pave the way for gauging that opportunity on a player by player basis. Um, yeah, absolutely. So That's a great we're excited point. for those those things to come. Yeah, I think it'll tie in nicely, especially um, if and when we do get that like big opportunities or big chances missed or something, because it kind of like leads into um, comparing it to a player's XG, whether it be like on the season or per 90 minutes or something. Because like if you look at uh, Patrick Bamford, I know he's been one that's been talked about recently as far as um, missing opportunities. He's sitting at like a 4.1 XG on the season, but he has zero goals. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. what are the um, like outcomes? What's the success outcome of those opportunities that he's getting where he should have, I don't know, four goals by now? Like, are keepers making really good saves? Or is he just missing absolute sitters? Like, it's just kind of trying to find those key differences to really hone in. And especially when you're trying to find uh, players to bring into your squad week in and week out in fantasy. So it's just good stuff to see there um, absolutely yeah one thing i did want to touch on um it's kind of going away from all of this real quick uh I, what are the u.s's chances in the world cup are they getting out of the group um that's what a does great the question. data say uh so i have to be honest here the data is not great <laughs> <laughs> um I do think that we have a, a decent draw here. Uh, so, and I'm just going to freely use we. I don't. I'm a huge U.S. fan. So, uh, hey, you're I, an American, right? Yeah, <laughs> go for it. It's we. I, I apologize to any any listeners who are who are offended by that, but I think that I think that we got the kind of draw we would want to escape out of. Um, you know, Wales and Iran are both beatable. Uh, England is a great team, uh, but we've, you know, we drew a great England team uh, not too long ago in the World Cup, so it's not outside the realm of possibility. Um, But certainly the sort of XG advanced stats for their kind of like qualifying performance and their their sort of recent games haven't haven't been great. Um, And it's such a young squad that uh, you kind of, expect this to almost be like a seasoning year and uh, kind of them to just get their feet wet. But I say screw it. Uh, I've spent the last year saying they're going to win the World Cup. Just kind of it started as a bit and now it's taken now it's taken over <laughs> and I can't wow. back down now. So, uh, you know, um, I, I, I'm just going off vibes on this one. This is not a stats call. In the you least. heard it um, here first. The U.S. Yeah. is winning the World Cup this year. 2022. So I would, uh, it's coming home. If they, if they actually did it and I didn't, I didn't record it on a podcast, I'd kick myself forever. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey. so I guess the next question would be, are, are you putting a, you know, any money on that one? Because they're at plus 15,000. Um, 
That's a good ad. So you could. You could I, I nice. have placed uh, two dollars on the U.S. to win the World ah, Cup. Uh, that's all so you need. I'm, I'm strongly pot committed. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we beat England in 1776, and we could do it again. Like, I, don't, I don't think that's when <laughs> the would, war they actually would argue was. That but... we didn't win. That that yeah. they just let us win. I, know. I think is how it goes. They, seen enough. They did get us back like good that. in 1812, but yeah, that's fair. That's bad. Long time ago, <laughs> there was so, no Christian Pulisic uh, back then. Out, outside of the U.S., who would be your front runner to win the World Cup? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I just wrote the Brazil preview today, and I kind of forgot. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, number one ranked team in the world, they're Brazil, whatever. And then you look at the actual players on the roster and like the possible starting 11s and you're like oh my god <laughs> like this team is insane yeah. uh i uh like that i kind of like the argentina messy last dance potential um you know as far as an under the radar team uh i don't know how this is probably not super under the radar but like denmark was great at the euros mm-hmm. um they have a really talented team um and, uh, you know, who knows what's going on with France? Obviously, France, uh, they're the best team in that group, uh, but had kind of a disappointing Euros. Um, and even if France, even if France wins, you'd expect Denmark to get out of that group. So they're they're a good under the radar team. Uh, I'm probably shorting Belgium. Uh, just kind of it's just kind of like a feel thing. But it's like um, they're relying on a lot of players who were good three or four years ago. And um, obviously as an Everton fan, uh, you know, uh, on the one hand, uh, Roberto in a, in a, in a random tournament is kind of where he thrives. Um, But at the same time, it's hard to, I don't know. It's just hard to look at that team and think that they'll be better than they were in 2018. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting group. That group F with Belgium, Canada, Croatia, and Morocco, because the Croatian team, we saw them get to the finals in the last world cup, right? Yeah, and I really like that Morocco team, too. They have uh, great depth uh, at fullback um, and some really interesting players. And obviously Canada, um, you know, they uh, won the – they came in first place in uh, CONCACAF qualifying. So they're not to be taken lightly. So that'll be definitely an interesting group. If you had to choose a group of death, which group do you think is, like, the most competitive top to bottom? Um, It doesn't feel like there's that, like, classic – group of death uh that you sometimes get um so uh it's it's hard to pick one you know obviously you want to say group e because it has germany and spain mm-hmm. um the uh it, it's i have a hard time seeing costa rica or japan actually like um giving them kind of like a run like like threatening them uh to not qualify for the knockouts um but I'd have said the same thing about Germany four years ago, and they did not reach the knockouts. Uh, yeah. So uh, that is definitely um, one to watch. I like, uh, I kind of like Group H. You know, I like the the Korea uh, angle. Um, Portugal certainly could go deep. Um, I, I think those are four solid teams. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I don't think it's like a group of death, but Group F, I'm going to be watching pretty much every one of those matches. Um, I'm really looking forward to them. 
Yeah, I think the groups are relatively well balanced this year. I, I agree with you. Group H is a really, really good group. I mean, you have Ghana, Korea, Portugal, and Uruguay. Like, those are solid teams in their own right. And it's going to be difficult yeah. to predict who comes out on top and, I mean, who gets into the knockout stages from that group. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you kind of covered your dark horse and your your favorites here. I think uh, my favorite this year, I want to say Argentina. I, I kind of agree with you that, like, Messi last dance, they won their uh, – what was it? They won the – like South American trophy over Brazil or something recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think for sure Argentina probably goes further than Portugal. I mean, your little Messi versus Ronaldo, who's going to go further in this aspect? I think it's going to be Messi that edges this. Uh, Zach, what input you got on this one? Who who do you think is going to win it all? Uh, I think a dark horse. Well, not dark horse, but that doesn't seem to be as popular maybe maybe i'm off my rocker on this one is france um i feel like they're the most complete team from defense to offense and i feel like brazil might be a bit overrated even though they have a lot of the blingy names a lot of their players are out of form um and i feel like we could really see france just completely take over i know they don't that's kind of the opposite of france sometimes but uh, I think they're third in terms of World Cup odds, and I like them to win it. But Argentina, I think, would be the best narrative to win it for me. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want to see anyone else. I don't think win it besides obviously the uh, good old USA. Yeah, I think that Fran- I think France is a good call because I really it's just like not fun to pick the the repeat champion but yeah you look at their players you look at the names and they're all stars and you look at the ages and they're all 25 26 27 like these are like superstars in their prime um who everyone it's like a mix of like people are just underestimating them because you know they didn't have a fantastic euros and because it's not fun to pick the the defending champ but i i agree that they have an excellent squad yeah, I mean, it, it, at a certain point, it doesn't even matter how many goals you give up when you have Benzema and Mbappe leading your line. Um, you're going to be able to yeah. compete with pretty much anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, kind of where I was going with that one. And, and they yeah. have a lot of young talent, especially at center back and central midfield with mm-hmm. like Kunde, Upamecano, Chuameni. They got Varane coming back, Onate. Like they're they they got some big fellas, and they also, like you said, have Belandiar winner up top with another you know, top class forward in Mbappe. So I don't think they have any weaknesses other than like maybe outside back. Um, but every team is going to have their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jonah, I think I've tapped out all my questions for you. Zach, do you have anything to ask? Um, I guess one last comment again for the listeners for context purposes is maybe we missed this, but you know, one of the, benefits of of fb ref switching to opta is simple it's the you know stats platform that fantrax uses to generate fantasy points um obviously in a vacuum stats providers should provide the same exact stats for every single play that occurs but that doesn't always happen so uh on a micro level it's going to provide just a little bit maybe more accuracy than uh, it would have before when we're looking at things. And 
uh, it should it should correlate maybe better for any of you who do uh, some stats lookups or correlation studies and, and whatnot. So um, I'm really excited for that as, as it's something I want to get into, um, maybe use some, some more of my programming skills in this space as there's definitely a void uh, in terms of projections and analysis. Uh, I think that there's, there's plenty of room for new entrants, but um, I guess... Is there anything else that excites you about this new partnership for for you guys or any tips that you might have for some of us uh, Fantrax aficionados? Um, I, I guess for starters, I'm just really excited, you know, about uh, certainly the stuff that we've we've put on the on the site already. I'm looking forward to, you know, January when the transfer window opens and I can quickly see, uh, you know, the, these players from the Eredivisie, I can go to their, go to their page when they're getting transferred in and, and see their scouting report the same way I, I can do that for premier league players that the scouting reports for me are just like the easiest way to just be like, all right, what is this, what is this player's deal? What are they about? You know, um, what, what are they bringing to the team? So the fact that we have a ton more of those available now, uh, super exciting. Um, same for the same for the women's competitions. You know, the fact that that data is finally available for for them, I think, is is really exciting and going to be really great. Um, and then the last, I'm just excited about what we've got kind of coming down the pike. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that that really uh, is is exponentially super useful for fan tracks players, for, for people who do fantasy, for people who are looking for certain stuff. Um, all, all of that stuff is going to be really cool. And, you know, the last thing is I'm just excited to see what, what people do, do with it. You know, um, we get to, you know, see all day just reading FB refs mentions and it's people who are doing fascinating studies with the data that we've produced or, or finding interesting transfer targets for their, for their team. And I love seeing that stuff. So uh, the fact that there's going to be more of that available and more of that for people to do now, uh, I think is really exciting. Yeah. Um, you mentioned guys reaching out and looking at your mentions. Where where can uh, everyone find you just uh, so that everyone knows where to look? Yeah, that's a great thing. So uh, obviously uh, our website is very simple, fbref.com. Um, and as you all mentioned, we've got the homepage decked out for the World Cup. Uh, right now it's got kind of preview content. And then during the tournament, we're gonna to be updating it with all sorts of stats and, and results and cool cool updates. Um, we're also on Twitter uh, and Twitter, our Twitter handle is at FBREF. Uh, we're also on Instagram, uh, but let me get our handle up there. It's FBREF.stats. Um, and then if you're a Zoomer, we are on TikTok at FBREF. So um, pretty much whatever social media uh, you're looking for, you can come find us. Uh, you can also just email us on our site. We have a, 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 a comment form if you want to send us any feedback or if you have any questions or if you're looking for something and can't find it. Tweet at us, email us. Uh, we, we love helping out and explaining stuff and showing you where to find stuff. So we, uh, our, 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 our doors are always open, metaphorically speaking. Awesome, man. Uh, anything fun, anything uh, exciting going to be going on on social media during the World Cup or anything leading up to? Uh, do you guys have any plans for uh, your social media pages at all? 
Yeah, we're very excited. We're going to be posting um, during, uh, you know, most of the big matches. We're going to be posting recaps after the matches. We're going to be posting preview content before beforehand. Um, we've got some preview content going up right now that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I mentioned those scouting reports. One thing that we're doing is posting a scouting report without the player's identity and asking you to guess if you can figure out, you know, who, who that player is. I was just um, going to bring that up. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, one of my a, that's a fun. Yeah, I, I I love that too. Even though I'm very bad at it, <laughs> I've so far I've gotten every single one right. But it's just because I'm on your wow. side all the time, so <laughs> <laughs> I kind of know what I'm looking at. Um, so uh, all that is cool, and I should also mention. Uh, I know we talked about it earlier, but we're gonna have a daily newsletter um, uh, that goes out every day with the results of the matches, advanced stats. Uh, previews of, of what's to come, uh, all of that stuff. So you can sign up for that on our on our website as well. If you uh, don't even want to don't even want to go through the hassle of clicking the website, we'll send it all directly to you. Awesome, fantastic. Anything else you want to touch on at all, Jonah? I think that's it. Thank you all so much for having me. I, I had a great time and uh, love the podcast and uh, really really enjoyed being on. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, I'm really glad we were able to set this up. Uh, I appreciate you coming on here, uh, really giving some great insight to the listeners here. And uh, just to be a fantastic partner to anyone and everyone that is a Fantrax manager and any type of fantasy manager across all sports, we just want to thank you for what you guys do. Uh, you guys put out some great content and uh, just keep up the good work. And we're really looking forward to what you guys have to bring to the table in the future. Thanks so much. Awesome. Well, take it easy, Jonah. We appreciate it again. Thank you so much. Enjoy your World Cup. Uh, I hope your $2 bet pays off with the USA. <laughs> um, and uh, take it easy. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy the World Cup. Uh, thanks again so much for coming on. You too. Thanks for having me. All right. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>